Greetings, people of Earth. This is John, coming to you live from the studios with a new episode. Today we're going to talk about road trips. Should you go on a road trip? Are you organized enough to go on a road trip? Road trips sound scary. I don't know if I can do a road trip. Well, guess what? I used to think that, and I've done multiple road trips with my family. Yes, the first one was a tad scary. But the good news is I was going for a funeral, so I had no choice. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could have flown to my grandfather's funeral. But with a family of five and the last-minuteness of his death, I really don't think I could have afforded $2,500 worth of airline tickets. So it was a road trip by necessity. You know what they say about necessity? Necessity is the mother of invention. No, I did not invent road trips, but... In my case, it was the first time I took a road trip, and I said, let's figure this out as we go. Well, I learned a few things, and I've done multiple road trips since then. The good news is nobody has died with all the other road trips. They've just been leisurely, I guess you would say. So today we're going to talk to you about road trips. So stay tuned. And hopefully you'll learn something. And maybe you'll laugh along the way. (laughs) Did that sound like a fake laugh? Because it was totally fake. All right, well, let's hear a few words from our sponsors. And then road trips. Back to road trips. This is what we're calling this podcast. I guess if I want to get more than 15 listeners worldwide, I should probably come up with more creative names. So we're just going to go with the running title of Road Trips, What You Need to Know. And um, I reserve the right to change that at any time in case I uh, change it before I even publish this podcast. But what do you need to know about going on road trips? Maybe you've never been on a road trip. Well, that's where I was before my grandfather passed away. And actually, I was planning on visiting my grandfather. I had already purchased one airline ticket for myself because I knew that he was um, getting close to the end. Usually when someone's 95 years old, They don't have a lot of time left to catch my drift. Unless their name is Methuselah, because he lived to be 969. But my grandpa was not named Methuselah, so I knew that he wasn't going to live that long. So, the first thing you're going to need for a road trip is a good map. And I recommend the Atlas that they sell at Walmart because it's only $11. But find any good Atlas, preferably not one from the 50s because let's be honest, there's been a lot of new roads built since then. (laughs) 
Um, I'll try to keep the fake laughter to a minimum. I use this thing called my phone, an iPhone, and I use Map, the Map apps, the Maps app. It's hard to say that. <clears throat> Listen, my first road trip was from Los Angeles, California to Seattle, Washington. And that was a total of 1135 miles, which driven at a normal speed is approximately 17 hours of driving. 17 hours of driving. Sorry, I had to get some water. It's very demanding recording a podcast, in case you didn't know that. Okay, so how do you break that up? It's up to you. I will tell you this one word of advice. Don't drive 1,700 miles in one day because you will literally go insane and or fall asleep and or drive your car off a cliff. So, I split it into three days. Now, if you go on the typical road trippers website or some of the other uh, famous websites that are dedicated to road trips, you will notice that everyone has different strategies. Should you break it up into a long day, then a short day, then another long day, or two long days and a short day, or one really, really long day, and then take a day off, and it's really up to you. But no matter what, you have to get 1135 miles out of the way. So what are you gonna do? Here's what I recommend. Sit down and plan out where you want to be at the end of day one, where do you want to be on the end of day two, and where do you wanna be at the end of day three. My goal in this road trip, well, I'm gonna put it to you this way. It did not go very smoothly the first road trip because I didn't know what I was doing. You need to plan for restroom visits and food. If you stop every five minutes to go to the restroom, it's going to take you weeks to get to your destination. So here's just a sample of how you can break up this trip. You can drive from Los Angeles to, let's just say, Northern California Mount Shasta area. Spend the night at a nice hotel. When we did it, we went from Los Angeles to Medford, Oregon. We stopped in Medford, Oregon for the night at the Holiday Inn Express. And no, they're not a sponsor, but they should be because they're amazing. Now you might be asking, what is so great about the Holiday Inn Express? Answer, free breakfast nationwide. Every single Holiday Inn Express has an amazing hot continental breakfast including eggs usually pancakes some kind of meat hot oatmeal cereal fruit all kinds of exciting amazing breakfast items unfortunately with covid some of the hotels recently have uh, started doing to-go boxes for breakfast but 
let's just assume that the world get back gets back to a normal state then you will be able to get amazing breakfast for free at every single Holiday Inn Express in the nation. So, we stopped in Grants Pass, Oregon for the night, which in looking back in retrospect, that was way too far to go in one day. Okay? I'm just going to tell you, you should not go so far your first day that you feel like death the next morning because then you won't want to you won't want to drive anymore on day two <laughs> and if you're doing all the driving which I was uh, you won't like it so I did 719 miles now I'm gonna be honest with you guys since you are my faithful 15 listeners I actually don't live in Los Angeles I live in a different town which is about let's just say 70 to 80 miles further southeast of Los Angeles. So really, I drove about 800 miles the first day. I wanna talk to you for a second about lawn maintenance and irrigation. Are you looking for weekly maintenance, bi-monthly, or one-time cleanups? Contact Pacific Edge Landscape. They offer all types of irrigation resources and needs, including new installs, repairs, and water conservation options. They can come out and give you a one-time quote. I've seen their work and it's amazing. Visit their website at pacificedgelandscape.com. That's pacificedgelandscape.com. One more time, pacificedgelandscape.com. So, so as I was saying, the first day, I went roughly 800 miles and stopped in Grants Pass, Oregon for the first night. Now, mind you, my goal was to get to Seattle, Washington, which I said was, what, approximately 1,200 miles, right? But I did almost 800 miles the first day. Can you see why that was a stupid decision? Literally, with bathroom stops and everything, it took, even without restroom stops, you're looking at 11 and a half hours. But with all of our restroom stops and gas stops and everything, we drove around 14 hours the first day. I mean, not drove, we didn't drive 14 hours, but we were in the car for 14 hours, pretty much, by the time we got to the hotel. So... That was a very stupid decision on my part. But again, it was my first road trip. I didn't plan it out correctly. I mean, we made it alive to Grants Pass, Oregon. But the next day when I woke up, we were so tired. Nobody wanted to do the second day in a car. So we actually stayed an extra day in Grants Pass, Oregon, which was beautiful. But we lost a day. <clears throat> So, don't do that. Don't drive 800 miles in one day. That's my first lesson to you. Set your goal for a little bit lower. Maybe spend eight hours in the car, not 14. Maybe do 500 miles instead of 800. 
something manageable, especially if you have kids. Now the second day, we drove from Grants Pass, Oregon to Seattle. And I think that's what we did. Yeah, so it wasn't too bad of a drive. Because like I said, we only had about maybe 400 miles left to drive. So instead of doing it, we did it in three days, but we lost a day because we weren't driving the whole day. And the next day, basically, when we the, the day that we left, which was the third day, we ended up getting to Seattle in the evening because we left late. Now, we decided to visit Seattle for a while before we met, I met up with family. So it was pretty cool because we got to do some sightseeing. That's my second. So my first point to you, my first word of advice is strategize your your mileage plan. How many miles do you want to do per day? And make sure you build in your hotels and your food stops, restroom stops, all that good stuff. Now my second piece of advice to you is well there's there's a lot here okay plan your mileage plan your hotels <clears throat> plan your snacks okay here's what I do for road trips I've done multiple road trips since then but one thing I learned early on is that people always need access to snacks what I did was I got a big box like a cardboard box Actually, I think it was a plastic bin. And I got a bunch of different kinds of snacks from the store before we went on the road trip. Like, maybe some Cheez-Its. And I'm talking about individually packaged snacks. Like, little bags of Cheez-Its, little bags of Oreos, or um, little bags of, um, you know, healthy ones too. Like trail mix, beef jerky, raisins, and maybe some chips. And... I got all of these boxes of snacks and I opened them and dumped them into one big bin. And that was the snack bin. And so that snack bin was always readily available. So we didn't have to pull off the freeway every time someone was hungry. No, there was a snack bin. Hey, get a snack from the snack bin. And also some waters, like a case of waters. This first road trip I made the mistake of bringing a gigantic ice chest but it took up so much room and ended up being a waste of space if your family is used to drinking room temperature water bottles I highly recommend just grabbing a case of water and keeping it in the car you can also do hydro flasks but the bad thing about hydro flasks is what if you run out how are you gonna refill it Having a case of water is good because you have plenty of water available and um, you can just, you know, if you start running low, you can always pick up another case of water along the way. Not to mention, it's also good to have a case of water in case you break down somewhere because that's extra water you have available. If you have just a hydro flask and you're planning on refilling it every time you go to the gas station, that's not a good plan. No, keep a case of water with you. Also, speaking of that, keep some rolls of toilet paper. You might be saying, what, what kind of road trip is this? You gonna go number two in the desert? You never know. 
What if your car breaks down? What if you're stranded in the middle of nowhere? Or what if you go to a rest stop and they don't have toilet paper? And you might be saying, I would never use the restroom at a rest stop. You serious, John? I would never do that. You don't know that. Have you ever had to go to the bathroom so bad and you can't find a restroom? Listen, when you're on a road trip, you need to plan out your restroom. Like, I don't mean precisely to the T, but you know, have an idea of where you're gonna stop to use a restroom. That's another reason why the Atlas is good. You can have the Atlas, the person in the passenger seat or one of your kids, they can be the navigator, you know? And they'll have the, the Atlas, the roadmap, and, and you'll say, okay, wh where's the next big city that we can stop and use the restroom? Give them some of the responsibility, and it makes it fun. Even though you already know in your head if you've planned it out, hey, we're gonna stop in Portland, or we're gonna stop in, uh, don't stop in Oakland, that is a bad place to stop. That's another thing, and I know I'm kinda all over the place, but when I did this road trip the first year, we went up the 15, and, <clears throat> no, I think we went up the five actually, but there are a couple choices when you're going up from LA to Seattle. You can either go up the five, or you can go up the 15. You could even go up PCH, but that would take you forever because you're basically going along the coast. And it's more scenic, but it will take you a lot longer. So you need to decide what are your goals on this trip? Are there certain cities you want to stop and visit? Then you might have to plan your freeways according to that. Or is your goal to get, the, get up there as quickly as possible? If that's the case, then maybe you might take a route that's not as scenic, but is a lot quicker. You also need to take into account the road conditions and the season. If you're going in the winter and you're driving through elevated areas, is there going to be snow? Is there going to be ice? Is there going to be rain? These are things you need to consider. Another thing I want to tell you is download a weather app. Get a good weather app because as you're traveling, you will need to have updates on the weather because weather can change, right? Especially if you're on a large mileage road trip. Just because it's sunny where you live doesn't mean it's going to be sunny where you end up that day. So I will put some recommendations for weather apps in the show notes, as well as some of the other resources that I found that were helpful in the show notes, like different recommendations for atlases. I call it an atlas, but I'm really talking about a roadmap, like a just a big roadmap. Um, and of course, like I said, Holiday Inn Express is an amazing resource. So we'll talk more about road trips, but let's take a quick uh, break and get a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Now, the longest road trip we I've went on so far has been from the Los Angeles area where I live all the way to Dallas, Texas. And that's about 1,500 miles from, from my house to the person's house that I visited. Like I told you in the last segment, I've, I've driven to Seattle, 
That was one road trip. Another road trip I went on was to Montana, northern Montana, to visit Jason and Valerie. You probably heard them in one of my other podcast episodes. But that was about 1,300-ish miles. And Dallas, Texas was about 1,500-ish miles. Now listen, why do I bring this up now, the mileage? Because one thing you really want to strongly consider is whether you should take your own vehicle or rent a vehicle. Now, I have always rented exclusively from Enterprise, and they've been great to me. But listen, I'm going to tell you how to get a great deal on a car rental. I've used this method multiple times. If you know ahead of time that you're going to be going on a road trip, go on to Expedia.com and plug in your 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 specific dates and whatnot and check prices for car rentals. I promise you, you will get a better deal on Expedia than if you were to rent directly from Enterprise. And I've gotten some amazing deals on vehicles for road trips. And listen, go with the van. I'm just telling you right now. And maybe you're like, I won't drive a van. That is so cheesy. Why would I drive a van? That's not stylish. It's not about style. When you're on a road trip, it's about comfort. And a van is the way to go. And my number one recommendation for a van on a road trip is a Dodge Caravan. You, I mean, you might be saying, you are crazy, dude. I'm not driving a Dodge Caravan across the country. Sorry, water. I needed water. My voice gets kind of raspy when I do these podcasts, but seriously, the, the Dodge Caravan has seating for plenty of people. I think you can seat up to seven people. And it has tons and tons of cup holders and phone charging jacks and storage and retractable seats. And I mean, you could pretty much, you could probably put a pet in there if you had to, like a dog too. The Dodge Caravan and, you know, the roominess and the economy and it's actually pretty good on gas too. It's the way to go. I mean... And there's times where I pulled over at rest stops and took a little took a little nap and reclined my seat and everybody was still comfortable. And I mean, my kids loved the van. The first road trip we went on to Seattle, I didn't get a van, I got an SUV. And I don't know if you've rented an SUV before at the car rental places, but they're not the biggest SUVs, they're small. And so when you upgrade to a van and you get a van, you will, you will notice a huge difference. And so consider that. Consider, and you might want, you might be saying, you might still be kind of on the fence and be saying, well, why don't I just use my own car? My own car, that'd be cheaper. Well, consider the amount of damage road, uh, road, what was I gonna say? Not road wear, a uh, wear and tear. Wear and tear that you put on your vehicle. Not to mention if something goes wrong, that's pretty much, you know, that's all on you. Whereas there are some safeguards in place if something goes wrong with a rental car. And I've heard stories about people who've had rental cars that when they break down, they just call the place and they bring them a new car. 
no questions asked. I think the first time I rented a van when I went to Montana, I think for about 10 to 14 days, maybe 10, yeah, 10 to 14 days-ish, it may have been 10 or 12 days, but I'm not 100% sure. It was less than $500 for the whole thing for the van. I think it was like four something. Now when you consider 10 to 14 days of rental, that's pretty amazing. I think it might have been 10 or 12 days, but still like 400 and something dollars. And so, you know, if you have the money and you can afford to do so, definitely consider renting a vehicle. And I highly recommend Enterprise. And like I said, Expedia can get some amazing pricing. And if it's just you, you can go for a small little compact car and probably maybe cut that price in half, which is even better. But as long as you don't need extra room for luggage or a family, then you can probably get away with doing that and cut the price of your road trip even more. So definitely consider all the things that I mentioned in the first segment, as well as you know your transportation, because you don't want to skimp out on that and take your 25-year-old car that has 300,000 miles on it and break down in the middle of, you know, the grapevine or something. So, let's hear another word from our sponsors, and I'm going to come back and give you guys a few more pointers about road trips, and then uh, we'll wrap things up. We'll be right back. Do you have a leaky faucet, broken windows, or walls that need paint? Contact the Flathead Maintenance Group, based in Kalispell, Montana. Whether it's a small handyman project, window replacements, cabinet door repairs, carpentry, or painting, Flathead Maintenance Group can help. Give Flathead Maintenance a call at 406-314-9029. Flathead Maintenance Group, repairing with integrity what others have failed to fix. 406-314-9029. What was that number, John? I'm glad you asked. 406-314-9029. Flathead Maintenance Group. Give them a call today. Are you still with me? We're doing road trips during this episode. And hopefully you're learning something. I don't know where you're planning on going, but, you know, I wish someone would have told me some of these things before I planned my first road trip. One thing I want to tell you, I forgot to mention earlier when I was talking about the roadmaps, you know, like the Atlas. Some people might listen to this and say, well, I'm just going to use my phone. Hello, it's 2021. I'll just use my phone. Don't ever assume that you're going to have technology. Because even though you will, for the most part, there will come a time where you have zero reception on a road trip. I mean, no bars, nothing. No Wi-Fi, no cell service. You'll be going through some high mountain peak and you will lose your reception. Plan for that. Have maps just in case you get lost, just in case your technology is not working. Okay, have extra water, have extra toilet paper. My point is plan 
expect the best and plan for the worst. And so make sure you go to Walmart before you leave on your trip and get yourself an $11 atlas. In California, when I buy them, I usually buy a new one before every road trip. I think it's always like either $9.97 or $11.97. And when you think about it, that's like the best $12 you'll ever spend. Because when you're in the middle of nowhere and you can't get any reception and you know you have a, a screaming baby because the baby's hungry and your wife's mad at you and your other two kids are mad at you and nobody knows where you're at and you can look on that map and say I know exactly where we're at we're at XYYZZ Road um, that was a reference to a weird road here in California but <clears throat> to wrap things up I wanted to uh, let you know I found on Huffington Post, I found an interesting article. It's the 20 expert-backed tips for an epic road trip. Let's go through a few of these. Number one, devise a plan with your passengers. Okay. Number two, agree on a budget. That is very important. You don't want to spend $10,000 on your road trip. How much are you going to spend on each category? Number three, put together the perfect playlist ahead of time yeah so play some good music Woo! i can't play any of the music in the background on this podcast because i can't pay millions of dollars to play a u2 song or a banana rama song on my podcast but you know what i'm talking about when i say good music number four pick out a few podcasts to oh podcasts i could recommend a podcast that you can listen to on your road trip john campbell presents you're listening to it right now. Hello. All right. What else? Um, number five, decide on your must-sees. As in like tourist spots. I already said that. Hello. All right. Number six, but also plan for extra time. Yes, definitely. Everything takes longer than what you think it's going to. Number seven, ask, lo ask locals about the best spots to sh stop. Unless they have banjos. <laughs> if they look creepy, then don't ask them. Number eight, carry some cash, definitely. I usually hide the cash in my rental car, but just be careful because if you forget about it, whoever's vacuuming out that rental when you turn it in is going to get rich. Number nine, get serious about snacks. I said that. Number ten, opt for truck stops over rest areas. I don't know what that's all about, but... We did stop at some truck stops, and they're pretty nice, but some of them are also creepy. Number 11, get on the road early and stick to daylight hours. Absolutely. If you're driving at night, you're going to be tired. It's not as fun. It's pretty torturous, actually. Number 12, get gas every time you stop. Yes, because you don't know when that next gas station is going to be. And you don't want to be in the middle of the wilderness with a quarter tank of gas. It's pretty scary. Number 13, dole out games and goodies along the way. Yes. Number 14, schedule exercise breaks. We did that. I'd get out and do jumping jacks or run just to get my heart going because it would get pretty crazily boring driving for hours and hours. Number 15, learn how to change a tire. Yep, everyone should know that. Number 16, bring a cell phone charging bank. Absolutely, we did that. Number 17, be prepared for extreme weather. Oh my gosh, yes. When I was driving through Oregon, we dealt with some crazy, crazy rain. 
and also through Texas. We actually had to pull over. It was like tornado-ish kind of rain, end of the world weather, and it was scary. Number 17, or I already read that. Number 18, let your bank know where you are going. Absolutely, I did that. If you don't do that, your bank will shut down your card while you're out because they'll think that you that your card got stolen. So you need to give them a heads up. And that's very easy to do. Number 19, have backup directions on hand. Oh my gosh, I've been, I've been saying all of these. And number 20, show respect. Yes, that's... That comes in handy, especially from if you're from California. The rule of thumb is don't tell them you're from California. Because everybody hates Californians. Am I right? If you're listening to this in another state, you're probably like, that's true, we do hate Californians. Well, thanks a lot. Then why are you listening to this podcast? Because I live in California. Um, no, you know what? Keep listening to this podcast. It's okay. And that's pretty much the beginner's guide to road trips i'm trying to think if i left anything out no i think i pretty much covered it so just uh yeah good luck let me know where you're going send me a message um send me a voice message or an email and and let me know where you're going on your road trip do you have anything to add to this podcast i mean to our list about road trips let us know send us a message all right Well, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. What did you guys think of that episode about road trips? I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Just remember, now that we're in 2021, and we do have this pandemic going on, You do need to make sure that you check the state that you're going to be traveling to to make sure they don't have any restrictions. Some states want you to quarantine, like Hawaii, for example. Although, I don't know how you would do a road trip to Hawaii. (laughs) Okay, that was unnecessary. I'm sorry. That was just... I was trying to be humorous. Most of my jokes are really stupid, so... I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode on road trips, and uh, let me know where you're going. Send me a message, and um, let me know how your road trip goes. We'll catch you later.